Chapter 23, Gospel Standard Articles For further details of these articles of faith, read as I referred to the book What Gospel Standard Baptists Believe by J. H. Goston, published by the Gospel Standard Societies in 1993 and obtained from Gospel Standard Trust Publications, 12B, Roundwood Lane, Harpenden, Hearts, AL5, 3BZ. The following articles of faith are the same as those of the Gospel Standard Aid and Poor Relief Societies. Some of them are taken from those of the Westminster Assembly of Divines, 1640, and the General Assembly of Baptist Ministers and Messengers in London, 1689, and subsequently revised by Dr. John Gill. Those were amended by the late Mr. W. Gasby, Mr. J. M. McKenzie, and Mr. J. C. Philpott, and afterwards in 1878, well considered and unanimously agreed to by a duly appointed committee consisting of the following friends. Mr. J. Gasby, Mr. Hatton, Mr. Hazelrig, Mr. Hemmington, Mr. Hinton, Mr. J. Knight, Mr. Mockford, Mr. Vine and Mr. Wilton, and finally unanimously adopted by a general meeting of the founders, ministers and others of the societies. The rules of the societies require that no person shall receive benefit from the societies until he or she shall acknowledge his or her belief in the articles. 1. The Holy Scriptures we believe in the divine inspiration of the Holy Scriptures and receive them as a gracious revelation of the mind and will of God and we believe that therein are revealed all the doctrines and truths which we herein state. 2. We believe that there is but one living and true God, that there are three persons in the Godhead, the Father, the Son and the Holy Ghost and that these three persons are equal in nature, power and glory and we believe the Son and the Holy Ghost are truly and properly God as the Father. 3. We believe in the everlasting and unchangeable love of God, and that before the foundation of the world the Father did elect a certain number of the human race unto eternal salvation, whom he did predestinate unto adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. And we believe in fulfilling this gracious design he did make a covenant of grace and peace with the Son and the Holy Ghost on behalf of those persons thus chosen, and that in this covenant the Son was appointed a Saviour, and all the spiritual blessings provided for the elect, and also that their persons and all the grace and glory designed for them were put into the hands of the Son as their covenant head, and made his care and charge. 4. We believe in the fall of our first parents and that by it the whole of the human race became involved in and guilty of original sin and that as they are born into the world the whole of their posterity are, in consequence, actual transgressors against God and we believe that by the fall all men were rendered both unable and unwilling spiritually to believe in seek after or love God until called and regenerated by the Holy Ghost. 5. We believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God, being set up from everlasting as the mediator of the new covenant, and having engaged to be the surety of his people, did in the fullness of time 
really and truly assume human nature, and not before, either in whole or in part. And we believe that, though he existed for all eternity as the eternal Son of God, the human soul of the Lord Jesus did not exist before it was created and formed in his body by him who forms the souls of men within him. When the body was conceived, under the overshadowing of the Holy Ghost in the womb of the Virgin Mary, and we believe that Christ's human nature consists of a true body and reasonable soul, both of which together and at once the Son of God assumed into union with his divine person, when made of a woman and not before. That this human nature was not sinful, peccable or mortal, though capable of death by a voluntary act, but essentially and intrinsically pure and holy, and that in it he really suffered, bled and died, as the substitute and surety of his church and people, in their room instead, and for no others, whereby together, with his holy spotless life, he fulfilled the law, and satisfied all the claims of justice, as well as made a way for all those blessings which are needful for his people, both for time and eternity. 6. We believe that the eternal redemption which Christ has obtained by the shedding of his blood is special and particular and that is to say that it was intentionally designed only for the elect of God, the sheep of Christ, who therefore alone share in the special and peculiar blessings thereof. 7. We believe that the justification of God's elect is only by the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ it imputed to them, without consideration of any works of righteousness before or after calling done by them, and that the full and free pardon of all their sins, past, present, and to come is only through the blood of Christ, according to the riches of his grace. 8. We believe that the work of regeneration is not an act of man's free will and natural power, but that it springs from the operation of the mighty, efficacious and invincible grace of God. 9. We believe that all those who were chosen by the Father and redeemed by the Son and no others shall, at the appointed time, certainly be convinced in their hearts of sin by the Spirit, being brought in guilty before God, and made the recipients of eternal life, coming to Christ for salvation, and believing in him as the anointed of the Father, and the only mediator between God and man, but that none can spiritually come to Christ unless drawn by the Father, and that all the elect shall be thus drawn to Christ, and shall finally persevere, so that not one of the elect shall perish." but all arrive safely to glory. 10. We believe that all men are by nature so completely dead in trespasses and sins that they cannot, while in that state, know or feel anything of God in Christ, spiritually, graciously and savingly. And we believe that when quickened into everlasting life in Christ, as the elect alone are, or can be or will be, the vessels of mercy then first feels spiritually the guilt of sin and is taught to know in his own experience the fall and ruin of man. Thus, every quickened child of God is brought in God's own time and way through the Spirit's teaching from necessity, from necessity to depend for salvation on Christ's blood and righteousness alone. And we believe that this teaching will not lead him to licentiousness but make him willing to walk in good works to which he is ordained, and which are acceptable to God and only through Jesus Christ. 
11. We believe that man can never do a good work, properly so called, until the grace of God is implanted in his heart, and that nothing is spiritually good but what God himself is pleased to communicate to and work in the soul both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And we also believe that man's works, good or bad, have not anything to do with his call or being quickened by the Holy Spirit. 12. We believe in the effectual calling of all the elect vessels of mercy out of the ruins of the fall in God's appointed time, and that the work of regeneration or new birth is the sovereign work of God and his work only, the sinner being as passive therein as in his first birth, and previously thereto dead in trespasses and sins. We believe in the application of the law to the elect sinner's conscience by the Spirit of God, showing the sinner how great he has broken that law, and feelingly condemning him for the same, and in the manifestation of mercy and pardon through Christ alone, made known to the soul by God the Holy Ghost. 13. We believe that faith is the gift of God, as well as true spiritual repentance and hope, and a manifestation of pardon to the soul, that, through faith, Christ is made precious to the soul, and the soul drawn out in love to God, that all are the fruits and effects of the blessed Spirit, and that they will most certainly be productive of good works, and a walk and conversation becoming the gospel. 14. We believe in the resurrection of the body, both of the just and the unjust, that the just, the elect, shall be raised up in glory and honour, and be openly acknowledged and fully acquitted in the judgment day before angels, devils and sinners, and made fully and eternally blessed, both in the body and soul, and that the wicked shall be raised up to be condemned, body and soul, to the unspeakable torments of hell forever and ever. 15. We believe that baptism and the Lord's Supper are ordinances of Christ, to be continued till his second coming, and that the former is requisite to the latter, that is to say, that those only can scripturally sit down to the Lord's Supper who, upon the profession of their faith, have been baptised by immersion in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. And therefore what is called mixed communion is unscriptural, improper, and not to be allowed in the churches of Christ. 16. We believe that the believer's rule of conduct is the gospel, and not the law commonly called the moral law issued on Mount Sinai, which hath no glory in it by reason of the glory that excelleth, that is to say the gospel. The gospel containing the sum and substance and glory of all the laws which God ever promulgated from his throne, and the Jews, because of their hardness of hearts, being permitted some things which the gospel forbids. 19. We believe in the sanctification of God's people, the term sanctification signifying a separation and setting apart by and for God. This in the child of God is threefold. One, by election, by God the Father. Two, by redemption, by God the Son. And three, by the almighty, regenerating operation of God the Holy Ghost. We believe that the Blessed Spirit is the author of what is styled in Scripture, the new creature or creation, or new heart 
being in truth an implantation of the divine nature, through which the child of God, according to the inner man, be holy as God is holy, and perfectly fulfil all the good pleasure of the Father's will. According to the inner man, be holy as God is holy, and perfectly fulfil all the good pleasure of the Father's will. But groans, being burdened, being constantly opposed by the contrary working of the old man. We reject the doctrine of progressive sanctification, or that a child of God experiences such a gradual weakening or subduing or rectification of the old nature, called in scripture the old man, or such a continued general improvement as shall make him at any time less dependent upon the communications of the Spirit and grace of Christ for all goodness, or less a vile, poor, wretched, helpless sinner in himself and in his own estimation. 20. We believe that the grace of God produces a real change in a man and teaches him to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts and to live godly and that there is a growth in grace which consists principally in a growing experimental knowledge of a man's sinful self, the vanity of the creature, the glory of God, the spirituality of his law, and the want and worth of Jesus Christ. This is accomplished by a deepening distrust of everything but the grace and love of God in Christ for salvation, and is not a growth in conscious goodness, but in felt necessity and the knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. 21. We reject the doctrine of perfection in the flesh, or that the believer ever becomes free from indwelling sin, in this life, or whilst in the body. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. 22. Backsliding and chastening. We reject the doctrines that a child of God cannot backslide and that God does not chasten his people for sin. For though we believe that a child of God is called from a death in sin and a life of righteousness and would according to the law of his mind and new nature in all respects obey God's holy will as declared in the scripture, yet through the temptations of Satan and allurements of the world and the power and deceitfulness of indwelling sin, he may fall from a season. He may fall for a season, like David, Peter, and other Bible saints did. But we believe that when a child of God thus sins against God and transgresses His holy will, God does, in various ways and degrees, chasten them for it, not in vindictive anger, but in tender love, as a father doth his son, in whom he delights. We believe too that in this matter of chastenment. For sin, God will deal in a most sovereign way and as a God of judgment, so that, though the punished child shall be made to discern the reasons of the rod, it is seldom safe for others to judge according to the outward appearance. We further believe that no man living in habitual sin gives any proof that he is a child of God and we cannot therefore have fellowship with him, be his profession whatever it may. 23. We believe, as expressed in Article 19, in the doctrine of the final perseverance of the saints, and that however the elect of God may be tried by sin and opposed by Satan, they shall all eventually attain to everlasting glory. Not one of them shall be lost, 
None can pluck them out of the Father's hands. 24. We believe that the invitations of the Gospel, being Spirit and Life, are intended only for those who have been made by the Blessed Spirit to feel their lost estate as sinners and their need of Christ as their Saviour and to repent and forsake their sins. 25. We deny that Christ died for all mankind. 26. We deny duty faith and duty repentance. These terms signifying that it is every man's duty to spiritually and savingly repent and believe. We deny also that there is any capacity in a man by nature to any spiritual good whatever, so that we reject the doctrine that men in a state of nature should be exhorted to believe in or turn to God. 27. We deny that the Holy Spirit ever enlightens the non-elect to make them capable at all of receiving grace. 28. We reject the doctrine called Baxterianism. That is to say, that while all the elect shall assuredly be saved, there is a residuum of grace in Christ for the rest, or any of the rest, if they will only accept it. 29. While we believe that the gospel is to be preached in or proclaimed to all the world, as in Mark 16 verse 15, we deny offers of grace. That is to say that the gospel is to be offered indiscriminately to all. 30. We believe that the glorified body of the Lord Jesus Christ is the same flesh and bone now in heaven as that which hung upon the cross. 31. We reject the doctrine of the annihilation of the wicked and believe that all who die out of Christ shall be tormented in hell, the fire of which shall never be quenched, the wicked there suffering for ever the torment of eternal fire. Note, it is the same word in the Greek which, in Matthew 25 verse 46, declares the eternity of life for the sheep which declares the eternity of punishment for the goats. So, Revelations 20, verse 15, those who are not written in the book of life are cast into the lake of fire, where there are torments forever and ever. Verse 10. Now, the same words which are translated forever and ever are also used in Revelations 10:6, where the angel swore by him that liveth forever and ever. Therefore, if God is to live forever and ever, the torments in the lake of fire is to be forever and ever, for the words are exactly the same in both passages. 32. We believe that it would be unsafe from the brief records we have of the way in which the apostles, under the immediate direction of the Lord, addressed their hearers in certain special cases and circumstances, to derive absolute and universal rules for ministerial addresses in the present day under widely different circumstances. And we further believe that an assumption that others have been inspired as the Apostles were has led to the grossest errors amongst the Romanists and the professed Protestants. 33. Therefore, for ministers in the present day to address unconverted persons or indiscriminately all in a mixed congregation calling upon them to savingly repent and believe and receive Christ or perform any other acts depending upon the new creature power of the Holy Ghost 
is on the one hand to imply creature power and, on the other, to deny the doctrine of special redemption. 34. We believe that any such exhortations as convey to the hearers the belief that they possess a certain power to flee to the Saviour, to close in with Christ, to receive Christ, whilst in an unregenerate state, so that unless they do thus close with Christ, they shall perish, are untrue and must therefore be rejected. And we further believe that we have no scripture warrant to take the exhortation of the Old Testament intended for the Jews in national covenant with God and apply them in a spiritual and saving sense to unregenerate men. 35. We believe that there are various degrees of faith, as little faith and great faith, that when a man is quickened by the blessed spirit, he has faith given him to know and feel that he is a sinner against God, and that without a saviour he must sink in black despair. And we further believe that such a man will be made to cry for mercy, to mourn over on account of his sins, and being made to feel that he has no righteousness of his own, to hunger and to thirst after Christ's righteousness, being led on by the Spirit until, in the full assurance of faith, he has the Spirit's witness in his heart that his sins are forever put away, but that the faith is the same in nature as imparted in his first awakenings, though now grown to the full assurance thereof.